ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. Yes, you are. Yes. And Father and I want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. We're very excited. (laughs) Very excited about today's topic. But before we get to today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. And so if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas even for future episodes, Please contact us. Dr. Bergwald, how can they contact us? There are two easy ways to do that, dear caffeinated priest. Uh, They can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet us. They can tweet us at sfdiocese with a hashtag ignition. Actually, I can assure you, Father did not have any caffeine. Oh, no, 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 no. I forgot about it too, but I did have caffeine. I'm so tired, I forgot about the caffeine Uh I had. Iced tea. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, there. That, that explains this sudden burst of energy. Um, and then the subsequent fall off. Wait till the next episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Father, who are you and why did you need caffeine? I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I am the pastor of St. Paul's in White and the director of the Pope Pius XII Newman Center at South Dakota State University. Go big, go blue, go jacks. And uh, as we're recording this, it's final exam week at uh, South Dakota State in spring of 2017. And we had our midnight pancakes last night. And so I was up till like 1.30 and then still got up early for morning prayer. And because if you're going to play hard, you got to pray hard. Amen. And uh, so I'm just a little tired, maybe. So if, you, if you're listening and you're not familiar with the geography of eastern South Dakota, it's, it's a good fifth, well, about an hour door-to-door drive from uh, yep. Father's Place to uh, the Dasses and Offices next to the Cathedral of St. Joseph, which is where we are recording. Um, Under the spires so, of St. Joseph's Cathedral. Amen. So uh, it's not as if Father just, you know, rolled out of bed and finished his prayers and walked, walked next door or anything. So Fire thank you for being here, Father. Hey, my pleasure to be here. Um, I'm Chris Bergwald, the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, um, Jermaine's husband for 17 and a half years, and with her father to, well, not with her father, with her parenting, our five kids. Um, so God is good. Amen. He's very good. The good God is very good. The good God is very good. It's still in the Easter season, so um, rejoice. What's Father, you and I exchange Easter greetings. Um, I don't know if you recall. I, I'm not going to ask you. If you know the, the foreign language, it's fine, but there's a traditional Easter greeting. Christ is risen. He is truly risen. Yes, or he is risen indeed. Either way. Do you um, want to go Latin or do you want to go Greek on ooh, this? Do you know them both? Christos anesti. Yeah, what's yeah? Aletos anesti, which is the Greek. Aletos and I like. What's the Latin? Christus resurrexit. So, uh, uh, and then uh, the response. Vere resurrexit. Vere resurrexit. Both of them are good. English works too, though. That it does. It does. So uh, we are though, Father, uh, mid-May here, as your as our listeners are listening, uh, which means we're approaching Memorial Day weekend, which means summer's coming, which means. Movies. Movies. Although, actually, these days, there really is no summer movie season. I know. Well, well what, what do you mean by that? Well, it used to be that they would like save all the really big releases yeah. for the summertime. Yeah. But nowadays, people spend a lot more money on entertainment and food than they ever did before. Yep. That's actually part of the reason I've heard that JCPenney's is closing stores. Well, say more. Yeah. So, uh, JC, I don't know if you've heard that JCPenney's is closing some stores. 
And my mom is disappointed about that because it was JCPenney's in Yankton. And uh, it's been a friend to her for a long time. And, uh, but so- hey, I, I love that JCPenney guy. No, she likes JCPenney's. Oh, we said been a friend. Too. Yeah, the store has been a friend. How's the store been a friend? It's kind of I'm anthropomorphizing the store. Yes, you are. Go ahead. Allow me to anthropomorphize the store. Just like uh, it's anthropomorphized in American law by being a corporate body. Uh, yes, it is. So, uh, anyways, JCPenney's is closing its doors. And my first instinct was to say it's because of uh, the Amazon. Internet. Yeah. yeah, Amazon, yeah. internet sales, right? Uh, it turns out apparently not. <clears throat> apparently that the share of the market that belonged to clothing has been shrinking and is expanding in food and entertainment and travel. Really? Yes. So people are spending less money on clothing. Yes. Or as as uh, proportionate to their proportionate budget. of their disposable income. That apparently, huh. now, and I, I people could quibble on this, and you could tweet at us at SF Diocese hashtag edition to say wrong in episode three twelve. You're wrong. Um, but yeah, because they're spending more money on entertainment, like the movies. The movies. The so, movies. So there's not just like a summer blockbuster season, although they still like save some, but they try to really like just spread them out throughout the year to kind of keep you, I'm, I'm hooking my mouth hooking right now like a fish, yes, but to, yes. they want to keep you hooked. Yeah. Do you, uh, I, I, I'm imagining you will, but you may not. Do you know what the first of the modern, what are they, mm. tentpole blockbuster movies was? Mm. Do you know? Oh, oh gosh. No. Dude. Jaws. Jaws was. Yeah. Back in was the- that a Labor Day though? Was that a Labor Day release? No, it was no, Memorial no, Day. Memorial Day it was Memorial because it's set that time. Oh, the that's right. Set of, Memorial uh, Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. So Jaws was actually the first of this where you, because- Where uh, they tried to bait you along. Ah, <laughs> see what we did there? Um, I, for you and I, we, we basically grew up with this where uh, you have huge promotion for these quote unquote tentpole, min- right. the, the summer blockbusters, et cetera, et cetera. But that wasn't always the case. No. Um, the, the movies just had standard. Yeah, they were, there were, there was promotion and so on, but where studios would highlight, okay, we are really going to sell the heck out of this movie. Um, that, that was, is, is relatively a, a recent phenomenon just the last 40 years. Jaws right. came out. Well, it's gotta be about 40 years ago. Thereabouts. Cause I think it was out before I was born. Okay. And, uh, and then they'd use that, you know, you talked about like really promoting it and trying to make a big profit margin on it. Then they'd use that to kind of finance pet projects, things that they know wouldn't do as well commercially at the box office and things like that. Well, and nowadays in terms of sales and opportunities for money and merchandising, international sales, it's a totally different world than that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, 1975 is when Jaws came out. So 42 years ago. Yeah. But- we're not, we're not going to talk about the economics nope. of the movie business. We're going to talk about actually about a totally different world. Yep. And the fact that uh, just something that I've noticed, and I think you would agree that you notice it. Yep. Okay. Uh, a certain theme in movies these days that would be good for you to be aware of, listeners, so that you can use the knowledge of this to look for those opportunities with your friends and with others uh, for evangelization, maybe even just kind of an examination for your own conscience uh, and uh, awareness of kind of your own Christian living in this way. Yeah, I think this is um, part of part of being a good steward is to be aware of the culture in which mm-hmm. we live then and what we're breathing in and so on. Um, steward or, or disciple? Well, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I, why did I say? St- I, th- I don't know. I was so going somewhere, but you're right. Just be, to be a disciple, yeah. we should be attentive to what's going on. Around I don't mean to us. quibble. I'm sorry for no, quibbling. That's fine. No, yeah. I'm a quibbler. <laughs> I return the favor on occasion. Um, to, to be to be Occasion? aware of 
we going to quibble about this? <laughs> Apparently we are. Uh, to be aware of what's going on in the culture around us. So often, the whole air we breathe metaphor, we just breathe it. Well, but sometimes you have to pay attention to the, the quality of the air that you're breathing. Right. The, the idea of a spiritual environmentalism. Yes. That uh, uh, one of the most successful ad campaigns of the past 15 years is certainly environmentalism. Yep. Just that we're just much more mindful of the environment and how things impact me and how I impact others through the environment by things we do. And there's also this idea of a spiritual, intellectual environment in which we live. Yep. And that's what we're focusing on and emphasizing in this episode that we see present as a kind of general theme in the movie. So or a general theme in the movie that highlights right, this. Right. So so when when you're consuming culture, chom, if you chom, will. Chom, chom. It's good for you to be aware of what it is that you're consuming. Just as with food, we should be mindful of the food we're eating. You should be mindful of the cultural artifacts that we're consuming. I try not to look at the calorie information for yeah. we ate at lunch today. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, so father, what is this theme of which you speak? There's something out there. <laughs> There's something out there. What? There's something out there. Well, what is it and where is out there? I don't know. That's a great question. Okay. But, uh, so this idea that there's something out there Okay. that almost most of the movies you look at these days, especially, but not limited to superhero movies, which are large and larger portion of, uh, movies. But this idea that there's like Spell vast- ubiquitous, by the way, U B I. I'm after a good start. I know you are. Uh, why would I, why do I have to spell your words? Because I am the host, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this theme, sorry. Yes, sorry. yes. So anyways, before I was rudely interrupted. So rudely. Uh, this theme of there being uh, in many movies these days, not limited to superhero movies, but especially in superhero movies, so idea that there's these vast conspiracies or powerful non-governmental organizations uh, that are right under our nose that we... Uh, the general everyday people don't know about, and it adds to like the fascination and the enthrallment of watching these movies. Right. And so, whether it's you know some sort of criminal mastermind with this vast worldwide network of connections and people that are involved, or some dangerous aliens which are just beyond the reaches of our sensory capacities as a civilization, uh, just waiting to overpower us, or some sort of supervillains who look like us but have powers beyond our human nature, there's just this fascination that there's something out there that's going to get you. Right, right. Um, I'm reminded there, as, as you're just giving those examples, two of my favorite TV shows ever mm. are seeped or steeped. 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 Like, like tea. Steeped like tea in, in, that, in, in that, that, that theme. Um, 24. Mm-hmm. With Jack Bauer, I mean, you have at least two layers of conspiracies um, in every season of 24, at least the full-length seasons. Um, but then, going back further, X-Files. Oh, uh, yeah. And you, there's something out there. The truth is out there. The truth there. is out there, yeah. The truth the whole is X-Files out there. Thing. Yeah. 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 But that's, I mean, you got aliens and you've got the government conspiring. Can, can I call you out another favorite uh, TV show of yours? Please. Lost. Oh, absolutely. I was just re... The, it is the greatest... Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm taking control. Just a minute, Father. Here's what I loved about He's Lost. Control. This is what I loved about Lost, and what and something that we have lost. No pun intended. Uh, today with Netflix and binging and so on. Not only was I personally, I loved the theme of Lost, and we're not going to get into that right now. But I loved the fact that 
I could, as soon as an episode aired, uh-huh. I would jump online and go into, yeah, and there there were literally millions of people around the country who were all talking about, yeah, what was that? And You can't do that anymore. No. The communal dimension, even of TV watching, has been lost. to First through TiVo. Yep. Or a DVR, digital video recorder. And then secondly, through like releasing a whole season all at once in mass by Netflix, Amazon, or whoever. I've joked with my kids because they're they're too young to watch Lost yet, but I've told them, listen, <laughs> listen, when you get to be old enough, we're going to watch one episode a week, and then you're going to wait four months between seasons, just like I had to. Until you find that they're watching it on their iPad secretly. And I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay. My rant is over. Wow. That I, I was like some Lost. sort of like literally mysterious, dangerous alien topic that came from the edge of my periphery. I did not know that that topic would be here. And then it just showed up. It just showed up. Continue with this theme. So, so your point though, getting yeah. back to your point. So there's something out there. There's something out there. And, and you know, there's all sorts of like cultural reflections of this too. Our obsessions with like Bilderberg, Illuminati, Russian mafia, Yakuza, things like that. Right. Um, Although, yeah. Um, but I think it illustrates for us a couple different things that are insightful and important for us about uh, our Christian mission. Uh, and this came to mind because I just had gone to, um, you know, a movie late uh, recently. And, you know, there's this like secret, you know, cyber terrorist who has like amazing resources, right. like the resources of do. at least a small government. Right. Okay. And yet, but nobody knows about them. Right. Right. And nobody knows who they really are. And they're able to like slip through like things unseen all the time with these like vast resources that you most certainly would notice. It's sort of like the Bond villains. Oh, totally like Bond villains. Totally like Bond villains, like with their secret islands and yeah. their, you know, their henchmen, like their, their cast of 5,000 henchmen. <laughs> where, where do they get these guys? Right, right. I mean, where, where's the one ads? Sign me up. Craigslist. Uh, so yeah, it's this idea that there's, that there's something out there and, and, and it just, it really struck me about how so many of our movies have this and it's really a sign of something that we're fond of talking about. And you could accuse us, I suppose, dear listeners, that when all you have is a hammer, <laughs> everything looks like a nail. nail. Yep. Right. Uh, but for us, this idea that as a culture, as a Christian culture, we've lost our Christian narrative. We've lost, uh, and we're searching for a narrative. We're searching for meaning in our Christian culture. And so, and that's a lot of what we do here in general on Ignition, which just happens to be a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization to encourage you and your own efforts to live the Catholic Christian faith and invite others to live it. And if you ever have questions about this episode or ideas or things for future episodes, make sure you contact us either by email, which is ignition at sfcatholic.org or Twitter. You can use the Twitter handle at SF diocese and the hashtag ignition. Yep. So we're talking today, um, Father had seen a, a movie just recently from when we were recording this and what the movie is doesn't matter. It's this is the general observation of this theme um, that he pointed out uh, right. rightly as always, uh, that runs yes. through. <laughs> right, as always. Uh, throughout many uh, of our movies and other other cult- cultural artifacts, TV shows and mu- music and so on, um, that there's something out there. And as you were just saying, Father, so we've lost our, our, our narrative as a culture, really, where, where before we had a, individually and collectively, we had a, a narrative, which was 
for most of us, Christian in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we lost sight of that, and we're looking for it again. Father, as you, I didn't think about this when we were prepping, but I don't know if you've ever read. There's an article, the journal First Things, which you're familiar with. I'm familiar with this. Um, you uh, should be too, listeners. Familiarize yourself with we, First Things. So Robert Jensen is a Lutheran theologian um, who's written a number of, of really great articles. 1993, October of 1993, in, in First Things. Wow, this is some impressive uh, remembering on your part. That's 24 years ago. 20, how the World Lost Its Story. Oh, yeah. It's a great article, um, which I would have thought, I, I'm, I'm glad I thought of it at some point to recommend to the listeners, how the world lost its story. And it's about exactly this, how this idea of a narrative um, has been lost. And so we're searching for one and, and that searching, to Father's point, the searching for a narrative is, is, being, is manifesting itself. Our desire to find a narrative, to find a story um, is manifesting itself uh, in, in movies in all sorts of ways, but particularly this idea that there's something out there. And right. Father, I think um, that'd be just your take. To, to me, the reason, why are we looking for a narrative? Because a narrative gives your, gives your life purpose and it gives it direction and meaning. Right. That's, so what is the end of my existence? Right. Not end as in like the terminus, as in like the finishing line, but end as in, well, also the finishing line, the sense of what's the point? Right. Exactly. What's the point of my life? So, and, and we live in, a, in many ways, we live in a pointless life. Exactly. Western world's a pointless world. The only point to this world is to maximize your comfort and minimize your pain. Right. Which, and that's, that's not a story. That's no, the, the, there's no narrative arc. That doesn't inspire me. No, it, it exactly. More it M&Ms. Yes. Yes, sir. Yep. Exactly. So I, th- I think that's part of why we're, we're looking for a narrative because we don't have one and we're literally aimless without it. Right. And I think uh, it also speaks to uh, man's desire and, and man's spiritual capacity in a certain sense that uh, this isn't something, this idea of narrative and the purpose of my life is not something that I'm going to be able to determine just from empirical biological data about the human person. No. Yeah. You, you, I can't find my purpose under a microscope. Correct. Or through a telescope. Correct. Uh, it, it comes about through other ways. And, and related, by the way, Father, you know, it, we're still um, uh, a theistic nation in, in, mo- in most ways, but certainly atheism and the new atheism uh, has had an impact. But my response to a lot of that is, okay, so great. So there's no God. There's no purpose to existence. Um, I have no meaning in my life, and it would be wrong, therefore, for me to give my life. I can't give meaning to uh, something yeah. that's not there. Right. That's just as fictional as me saying there's a God if there isn't. Right. If there's no God, there is no purpose, no meaning, no point. And and it would be wrong of me to try to make up one. No point beyond just uh, maximizing comfort and minimizing pain. Right. Which are the only things I can know in a sensible fashion. Yep. Yeah. Yep. In a sort of empirical way. Yep. Uh, no, I mean, I, I suppose an atheist could quibble on you on the idea of like satisfaction of labor, which is different than just say per se sensible pleasure. Yeah, but I, I still would say like, okay, in the sense of that finding your end, in that sense that you know. But they would say there is no end. I mean, it, the, the the modern scientific method has said there is no final causation. Right. No, no, there is no purpose. There is no meaning. And the the, the honest atheists are the ones who have. Uh, gone a little bit deeper, um, have recognized it. Oh, Bertrand Russell, uh, a British uh, mathematician, uh, famous atheist. Uh, he has a really, frankly, it's it's despairing, it's pitiful, um, but but he's being honest about the implications of atheism in this way. Mm. That there, 
basically life is miserable. Jean-Paul Sartre is another famous atheist and existentialist philosopher. And he said, the only free act is suicide Hmm. because I didn't create myself. Nothing that I do. I'm determined by all sorts of things. The only free thing I can do is to, to, to take my own life. How miserable. Yeah. Anyway, we have something that's much more positive and fulfilling. Right. Which is of course the Christian narrative, right? Which, uh, just, in in some in summary form, is that a good phrase? Very good phrase. Thank you. In summary form, uh, that there is a good God who created the world, that sin has disrupted and undermined the world, and that Jesus comes to restore and reset to save that world, and then we have an individual opportunity to share in and live out this drama, and that is the purpose of our life. Right. We participate. So, is there is there is a grand narrative, a story to all of creation, not only that we get to listen to, like we're sitting around the campfire listening to a great story. We get to participate in the story as well, right? And and having that, it changes everything in life. Having that foundation in the story changes everything. Um, and it's, it's so obvious that as a culture as a whole individuals of course can always be exceptions but as a culture we've really lost that sense of meaning yep uh we're looking for it in some ways we're haunted by it still yep uh bishop robert Barron is very fond of talking about a christ haunted culture which yep. i think is actually a flannery o'connor phrase, I, I think so yeah uh about a christ haunted culture and somewhat so haunted in the sense that it's it considers christ to be dead but christ in some ways is still around in the story of the passion, death, and resurrection in some ways in our mindset. In fact, I was thinking about that. There's another movie. Uh, it's coming out this summer. And in the previews, they show the, super, the comic book superhero in this movie, you know, having to have a cruciform effort at one point, right? Where their arms are stretched out and their legs are straight down. There's a new Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's at least the second time that I can think of in three different Spider-Man characters now, uh, you know, that they've had him in this cruciform image. Yep. In this way of trying to save people this way, but you know, he's, he's in that cruciform image. Yep. Yep. Uh, I remember we talked about, uh, one of the Superman movies of mm-hmm. late, same thing. Oh, There's this, so image where, <laughs> this image where, where, uh, Superman is in the cruciform, but, and he's actually, I think he's unconscious momentary. So he looks like he's dead, uh, floating in space as he's drifting back. Um, what oh. is it? what is it? anyway? No, no, no you're, thinking of Iron, you're thinking of Iron Man. No, you? no, 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 Superman. Unconscious in space. No, okay. no. Okay. Superman, Iron Man, Spider Man, <laughs> DC, Marvel. Who cares? Whatever. Ubiquitous superhero Ubiqu- movies. <laughs> okay, uh, so we're falling right into their trap. There is this story. There is this narrative, right? Uh, which it, which has the 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 great benefit of actually being true, true. as well. well. <laughs> that it corresponds with all the needs of the human person. Oh, um, going back then to this theme, there's something out there. There is right. That's this narrative, right? That, that, that there is a a great mystery going on in the midst of your life that's just much greater than because so often like these superhero movies, uh, they kind of uh, or these adventure movies, they. Uh, what's the phrase? Contrast. Yep. Uh, they contrast what's going on with the superhero fighting against the unknown villain while these people are kind of living their simple lives yep. Yep. of maximizing pleasure, minimizing pain. Right. And there's very little reference at all to the play of God. Uh, and even just the reality of time. I was thinking about that in another movie 
that like you very very rarely see and this is a, a tv show and you very rarely hear people talk about sunday the days of the week it's right. just another that's day. true yeah yeah it's yeah. just another day yeah. what is it it's just another day mm-hmm. you know i mean and i'm not saying that sunday is just another day but any day of the show is just another day indistinguishable from the last day indistinguishable from the last day indistinguishable from the last day we talk about like boring repetitions and that, that atheistic conviction about a world without meaning. Yep. And you see it shown in that sort of regard. Yep. You know, what's interesting, just one of the outliers that way to me, I don't know if you've ever watched the CBS Friday, Friday night drama, Blue Bloods. No, but my mom likes it. With Tom Selleck. I like it too. So I'm with your mom. Uh, the, the, every show, in, usually it's in, the, it's in the third act, almost every episode. Sometimes, oftentimes it's the final scene everyone comes together for Sunday dinner. And it's oftentimes explicitly stated after mass. Uh, So New York cop family and so on. Um, I'm struck by that. This is, you know, again, in the culture in which we live, yeah, that sort of portrayal is very rare. Right. So uh, betrayal of the culture is what portrayal, he meant that portrayal, way. Or yeah. portrayal. Portrayal. Betrayal. No, okay. portrayal. But it is a betrayal in some sense of the aesthetic of the day, it which is. would have deliberately, which in many ways deliberately would not mention these sorts of things. So, so Father, we got about two minutes left. What other points do you want to make about? Well, just, uh, so the opportunity listeners for yourself is to make sure that you're living in that narrative. You know, what's the purpose of my life? What's the purpose of my day? And that's a great, you struggle, especially for people that uh, struggle with uh, habitual sins. Mm. What's the purpose of my life? Is just to maximize pleasure? Well, then it's really sure. hard to say no to temptation. Right, right. Or is the purpose of my life to live in Jesus' own victory over sin and death, uh, not just to maximize pleasure and minimize pain, but to internalize suffering and to live uh, the life of Christ and the life of grace. We're going to be talking um, actually in our next episode about uh, the second letter of St. Peter, where he speaks about how our destiny it, it be, begins on this earth, but um, we are to become mm-hmm. partakers of the divine nature. Right. We are, by our virtue of our baptism, the adopted sons and daughters of the Father. Uh, we're called to praise Him as His priests and to rule, to have dominion in His name as His viceroys, His regents over all of creation. Don't give it all away. I'm sorry. Okay. And then the other thing about this I was thinking would be, um, as we were prepping this, I was thinking back to a Bible study I do with uh, the wrestling team, and we were talking last spring about just kind of the, the basic story of the Bible is going through with like the covenants yep. and the whole idea of how sin has upset the world. And that's the explanation of suffering and difficulty and sadness. And one wrestler, uh, his girlfriend had lost her mother mm. uh, about a, nine months previously. And for him, it was just ground shaking, just, oh yeah, I don't have to be mad at God. This is part of like what Christ came for. And he's a believing man, but just, you kind of get lost up and to rediscover that narrative really just provided for him a lot of great meaning, a lot of great peace in the Messiah, and also brought a lot of peace to his girlfriend in that way. I'm just reminding her of, uh, you know, Jesus didn't want, God didn't want your mom to suffer and for you to suffer her right. loss. So there's this story that we all not only get to hear, but as again, get to participate in. Great. So that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. So if you have questions about this idea of narrative, um, the Christian narrative in particular, please email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition, again, with questions about today or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.